Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemechek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. For this episode of Hope Renewed, Sean was able to sit down with Joshua Banner and have a great conversation about the practice of spiritual direction and how it can be a resource to pastors for finding hope and help. Here's Sean. Before I introduce our guest, I have two requests. If you enjoy the Hope Renewed podcast, would you consider sharing this episode on social media or leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast app? This will help us bring hope to other pastors and ministry leaders. Also, if you'd like to become a financial supporter to help PIR Ministries in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration, please visit pirministries.org donate. Now, on to our guest. Joshua Banner is an adjunct professor at Hope College and a facilitator of contemplative prayer practices in prisons. He has served extensively in local churches and campus ministries in the area of worship arts and discipleship. Joshua is the host and creator of The Invitation, a podcast to help you create time and space for God. He leads retreats and a school of prayer. Today, I want to explore his role as a certified spiritual director and how spiritual director direction can help pastors find new hope. Joshua Banner, welcome to Hope Renewed. Thanks, John. Josh, can you briefly share your ministry story and how you got into spiritual direction? Sure. Sure, yeah. I uh, was a pretty intense spiritual being from adolescence. <laughs> Somehow, uh, God got a hold of me when I was in middle school. And um, that, to make the long story short, got mixed. My, my Christian uh, pursuit of God impulses got mixed with my creative impulses as a, as a songwriter, as an artist. And so it's been a pretty circuitous, strange journey uh, moving f- from and towards and through the church to the arts and back and forth. So um, I was a, a middle school teacher, a high school teacher. I did graduate work in theology and culture. And then uh, lo and behold, I found this job at Hope College in 2006 as the Minister of Music and Arts for Campus Ministries. My wife is a PhD in creative writing. She's a poet and um, she and I thought this would be a good move. And uh, so 2006, we, we landed here. So then for eight years, I was the most public person on campus at Hope College, facilitating four worship services a week and overseeing a recording studio, teaching classes. And I loved it. It was like a dream come true. I thought I, I couldn't dream of a better job. The trouble was internally, I was falling apart because there was so much pressure put on me to be on stage, to always be on. And, uh, you know, while we had other preaching staff in campus ministry that would 
be at various points on, on the stage, you know, different schedule for the preachers. Uh, I was up there all the time overseeing um, 40, 50 college student leaders. And um, so my inner life compared to my outer life was, was falling apart. And somehow I ended up meeting a, a man here in Holland, Michigan, who uh, practiced as a spiritual director. I'd been aware of that as a thing way earlier, um, probably reading some Thomas Merton at some point, but it really w wasn't necessarily a, a practice that I, I knew how to access. <clears throat> and again, another long story short, I ended up just meeting with this director weekly, which is not really typical. Um, you don't, don't usually meet with a director weekly, but I was in such a, a, a broken place that I, I met for, for direction weekly for about a year and then um, slowly moved out and after another year I, I, I sat back and I realized what what is this thing I'm doing in direction it's just so attractive to me um, what are we, we what we're doing here is we're trying to create a space for God for for conversation that, that is full of the Holy Spirit that allows us to to linger in the sacred. And I realized that's what I thought I've been doing all along with worship leading. Of course it is in many ways, but I realized um, <clears throat> that my temperament, my gifting is much better suited for this one-on-one -on -one dialogue with spiritual direction. I, I enjoy the corporate. I, I can do it. Um, it just takes a toll on me that uh, for the long term, we started having kids around that time. I just couldn't sustain. And so um, my last year at Hope 2013, I started my training in spiritual direction with the Dominican Sisters of Grand Rapids. And, um, and then after that experience, being an evangelical leaning reformed, I have some charismatic roots of kind of a, a mutt uh, in terms of my various theological impulses. Uh, I, I just knew that I was gonna be serving uh, Protestants uh, here in West Michigan, I, I decided to, to continue my studies in spiritual direction by uh, doing a doctorate in ministry in, uh, in direction through Fuller and hoping that I could then integrate all the influences of the, the Catholic readings and the ecumenicism, but just bring it back home to my roots. So, and the people that I'd be serving. Well, that's, uh, that's quite a journey. I love how you, you talk about how spiritual direction was something you needed first, and then, mm -hmm. then it became something you were able to offer. Can you just describe a little bit uh, for those who, who may not be familiar, uh, what is spiritual direction? Yeah. The difficulty with spiritual direction is immediately that, that name, direction. I am not the true director when I meet with someone, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is the one directing the conversation. So in short, um, I meet with people for 50 minute sessions wouldn't be very similar to Christian counseling. Um, but the question that we're attending to is not mental health, but spiritual health. And of course, these things are all combined. Um, um, but the emphasis in my practice is asking questions, helping a directee listen 
to themselves, to what's going on inside of them, as well as how do you hear the voice of God? How do you experience God's presence? And then, of course, what is the Spirit calling you to in action to do with with His presence? So um, I uh, know that this is a practice that a lot of pastors do by instinct, how to draw people out in the conversation. Um, what I realized, again, in campus ministry was, um, you know, I'd, I'd set up meetings with students, generally an hour, coffee, and we would talk, 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 talk about all these other things, about girls or classes or whatever. And then the student would realize, oh, no, I've got 20 minutes left, 15 minutes left. And all of a sudden, ooh, this stuff would come out that they really wanted to meet with me for. So the gift of spiritual direction is we agree beforehand that this is a time for you to talk with me as you're talking with God and we can hit the ground running and we don't have to hold back. So uh, it's, it ends up being a whole lot more refreshing for me than what I did before in terms of pastoral counseling, because from the beginning we set it up as this is about you and God. And I feel less pressure to have the perfect insight. We work really hard in our training as directors to eliminate the sense that we are the guru, that we have the answers. We're here to listen and find God's answers. And so often we'll just sit in silence. And most of the time I'm asking them, my, my, my sense of God in them is, unpack that that thing that you're arrested that thing you're feeling talk to me more about that talk to god and um so at the end of a session i leave invigorated and excited as opposed to when i was with with students i would often you know need to take a good 10 minute break between my meetings because i was so exhausted from having this pressure to try to fix the problem and um so it, it is a wonderful gift that, that a lot of people, one other thing I want to clarify is I believe that spiritual direction is something all Christians do, not just people in leadership. Um, if anybody has had an extended conversation with a brother or sister in Christ, they're doing something like spiritual direction. The difference for what I do is that I've done some, a couple years or more of training to develop certain skill set so that I can keep focusing on that spiritual conversation. So. Hmm. Your questions are, are often uh, uh, very penetrating. I remember you, there's still a couple of questions that you asked me years ago that, uh, that are still echoing in my mind and, and have been really helpful to me. Um, what types of issues would uh, drive pastors to seek spiritual direction? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so the spectrum of what I see are, is really three arenas. Some people come because there's some crisis mode, there's some, some suffering, some, some major happening right now, and they have no other place that will allow them to go to that level of grieving, <clears throat> doubt, um, anger. Um, and, 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 and sadness, uh, they just really need 
a safe place where they don't feel judged. Um, the other arena is uh, discernment. So I serve mostly pastors. You mentioned earlier that I, I serve in a prison. So I describe that most of my freelance work as a spiritual director is to pastors and prisoners. And um, the newsletter I wrote <clears throat> a couple years ago, I just stumbled up on this idea that pastors and prisoners share an experience of confinement. And this is not a judgment statement. This is just facts. It's just that the prisoners are able to pray because I, I serve pastors that actually I had one pastor that got chastised by his church council for marking on his timesheet that he was spending time in prayer. Wow. <laughs> if you can believe that. They're like, you do that on your own time, you know. And um, there's so much pressure placed on, on pastors that feel confined. And, and so, um, so when it comes to discernment questions of what do I, how do I hear God's voice? Uh, a lot of pastors are just trying to figure out how to get Sunday put together and accomplished. <laughs> And they have all these people asking them spiritual heavy questions. Well, where do they go for that to have someone facilitate discernment? Like I feel a call to ch a change in vocation or I feel a call to risking war and faith and the, there's people trying to hold me back. So discernment. And then um, a lot of, a lot of that subset of that discernment is, is pastors on sabbatical that they've been running and pushing, pushing and running and they suddenly have the sabbatical and they're like, I have no idea what to do with all this time. And I feel responsible to set up some sort of structure. And um, so that's, that's an honor that I love is helping pastors set up sabbaticals. And then the last area is, is just um, folks that there's a part of what I do that is for the lack of better metaphor, it's like a, a gym coach, like a, a, a trainer. So for spiritual discipline, this third arena is uh, pastors that are especially wanting to continue their own habits of prayer, scripture, silence, their own sense of how do I take a retreat long-term. Um, and so I end up being a kind of facilitator for their sense of, you know, I've been praying this way for X number of years, and now my heart's gotten cold or hard even, and I feel lost oh, turns out there's all kinds of other ways for you to pray. Maybe the Holy Spirit's inviting you into new, new uh, endeavors, new, new approaches, new vocabulary even. So those are the three areas. Most of the folks that end up coming to me uh, end up in that last arena. Um, these are the people that I've been seeing for a couple of years or more. Um, the folks that are in trouble, um, they might just come for one or two sessions and that's great. That's totally, that's totally appropriate, but there's not a lot of that because usually people have other systems in place, other resources for that. I love how you describe both pastors and prisoners experiencing confinement that, uh, that relentless drive of pastoral ministry that Sunday comes around every week. Yep. Uh, and then the, the idea that um, they're always on call. And so many pastors don't feel like they can take time for Sabbath, for prayer retreats, or even just for, for daily 
uh, times of prayer, um, it does create a, a culture for burnout and, and struggle. Um, how does spiritual direction help a pastor who has gotten to that type of place, the, the place where he feels like he's lost hope in ministry? Yeah. I, I, I moved to the vocabulary of addiction. Um, because what we're ultimately struggling with, when you talk about the way our society is set up, the, the pace that pastors are forced to work at, is it's, it's perpetuating something like addiction inside of ourselves, where we don't know how to sit still. We don't know how not to plan. We don't know how not to uh, be the, the loudest and the most influential voice in the room. We don't know how to, um, to listen, to wait. We don't know how to play. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of pastors have forgotten how to play. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I've been honored to be around some very wise pastors over the years. And I remember one of my mentor pastors dealing with a, a pastor that had fallen in some, some, some trouble I just remember this, this mentor saying to me, at the beginning of where this sin spiraled into the darkness, the beginning of this, he just wanted to play golf. You know, he, he just didn't even have the freedom to, to, to go play and, and let, let down. And so that began patterns of, of secret hiddenness where he had to hide this and hide that and hide that. So he ended up, so, so it doesn't have to be that heavy or that taboo. It could just be, I zone out and um, I eat too much or uh, man, I, whatever you want to insert your uh, distraction, your dissipation. And so what I offer for anyone, but, but in this situation, you're asking about pastors is, is the silence and the slowness and a conversation. And generally speaking, again, I'm not the one that's here to challenge or draw someone into conviction. So I'm not, if someone comes to me, I don't like pull on my beard and think, what have they been up to? You know, just by sitting in, in a gentle, slower conversation and direction, the Holy Spirit will stir that up and they will begin to see, man, I've been out of control. Uh, I'm, I'm out of sorts. I, I'm, I feel unmoored. I, and then we get to ask, well, why, what, what's the, what's, what's going on with that? And then they listen some more and they haven't had this chance to do this yet. Let's see. So this week I, uh, what was I doing? You know, I'm, I'm thinking through, yeah, well, I just I couldn't get out of bed or the other side of it for most pastors, I couldn't go to sleep. Why couldn't you go to sleep? Well, I just had so much going through my mind. What's going through your What's going through your mind? X, Y, and Z. So let's let's talk to God about that. Oh, I'm carrying more than I should. Oh, that is uh, that is. So we're addicted to being in control of ourselves and in control. Oh, how do I then let the Holy Spirit? How do I let God? control this you know so it's not like there's any necessary tricks that a spiritual director has but but simply by 
someone coming. And usually, here's the kicker. If there is a trick to it, <laughs> it's that the Spirit's already begun to work in someone before they come to be with me. So um, I've had some people that have come for a one-off session, and it's, it's a nice conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we have It's good spiritual conversation, but they don't come back. And they might be thinking, man, that spiritual direction thing, that's not what it's all cracked up to be. Because I didn't flip any switches or push any buttons, and it just wasn't time yet for them to go deeper into what's really going on, to be honest with themselves. But the people that, that go there and open up and see the trouble inside, God's already been, been working on that way before they even show up for a formal session. Hmm. I remember when I was uh, first coming to you, I was really struggling with needing that time, that space. Um, yeah. So many pastors don't don't have any sense of Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, and you challenged me to think of Sabbath rest as something you can approach playfully, which yeah. was right. a totally new thought for me and, yeah. and transformative. But... Uh, that idea that that pastors just don't take this the time uh, to rest um, and meeting with the spiritual director can create enough space for them to experience nice. some of that um, I think is 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 huge. Can you speak just a little bit more to that that idea of the need for rest among pastors? Yeah I think underneath this. First of all, I just want to, I want to emphatically say over and over again, I'm not here to judge or blame pastors for the challenges that they struggle with. Um, when I offer this, this is discernment of what we have created as a, as a culture in America, American spirituality, and then what that has meant for our understanding of leadership and then specifically pastoral leadership. And so what I discern is that there's um, been an attrition, a shrinking of the, the, the soul space. We, we have a smaller view of ourselves as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have a smaller uh, view of God dwelling and and guiding in, inside of ourselves and and i say that as a former career worship leader where we put so much emphasis of this on the worship service and especially as i was a part of the contemporary worship movement oh my denomination is too cerebral we're the frozen chosen <laughs> We need to somehow shake it up, get the heart out, warm the heart. You know, so Josh, you got some songs for us? <laughs> let's get it going. Let's warm the heart. You know, so that's wonderful. I, I loved being able to do that. The question then is, after a Sunday service, after we plugged all the guitars in, and, and let, what happens when the music stops? What happens when I'm by myself? Is God as abundantly rich inside of me in solitude as God was when I was in this corporate service? 
Well, what a great question to ponder, especially as we seek God's rest and renewal in our own souls. In our next episode, Sean and Josh will continue their conversation and focus in on the practical points of spiritual direction. And as always, it's our hope that these conversations will encourage your hope in Christ Jesus. PIR Ministries partners with God and the Church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. You can learn more about us at our webpage, PIRministries.org, or email us at info at PIRministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed, and remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame.